Hey, we're really excited to be sharing this time today with a collection of people from our church family as they describe some of their favorite passages of the Bible. And we hope that you'll be inspired today to hear how God's Word and God's Spirit still make an impact in everyday life. I think, you know, when I read um, the question that you, you asked and I thought about a scripture, um, it wasn't a scripture that, the scripture that came to mind wasn't one that um, I've been meditating on recently, but it's been one that I've meditated on a lot. Um, and it's, it's played a very important role in my life. It comes from Psalms 42, um, specifically verse 5. And um, I'll read it here. It says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I think just to expand on, um, on why the scripture means something to me, um, I, I, the, when, when I read this scripture here, it, it, it plays a very um, unique picture in my mind because um, in many ways, I envision the scripture being a conversation. Um, and uh, I look at the scripture and I go, it seems like there's a conversation happening to, between two people. You know, one person's talking to the other. Who, who exactly is talking to who here? And as you, as you read through it, um, I've often had this picture in my mind of, of two friends sitting on a, a bench overlooking creation. And, and one of the friends has just got his head down and the other has just got their arm around them. And, and these are the words they say, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. And he points to all of creation um, in front of him. For I will yet praise him my savior and my God. And, and as I meditate on those scriptures and, and um, on that picture, I think, you know, it was a realization that it really is the spirit of God um, that is embodied in our spirit um, after we received Christ into our heart that is talking to our soul, that is talking to ourselves. And it's a conversation between each other, the psalmist is, is talking to himself here and he's saying, why are you so downcast? Um, why are you so depressed? For me, the way, uh, when, I, when I think about the scripture, um, there are specific times in life and I can remember times, you know, difficult times at work when I've struggled, um, when I've struggled fulfilling expectations that in many ways I feel like I've placed on myself or expectations that I've had um, from supervisors or managers or bosses, and I feel like I can't live up to them. And in situations like that, um, you know, I look down and I, and I take on that posture of that one friend, you know, who's looking down and just so depressed and so downcast because I can't live up to those expectations. And this verse rings so true and it's talking to my identity and it's talking to it's talking to where my identity comes from. It's, you know, not from those expectations. It's from, from God and in, in, in who has saved me. You know, it talks about, I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. He is not just my God. He's my savior. And that encouragement comes from the fact that he saved me. Um, but more in general, um, more lately, 
every day, especially as I've stepped into this new position, you know, I wake up every morning and, and, and without a doubt, it's especially this last two weeks, every morning when I wake up, I feel like I wake up and there is a temptation in front of me to give in to just feeling overwhelmed. And, um, um, God gives us the strength and gives me the strength to say, no, I will not be downcast. I will not start my day being downcast and depressed, looking at what's ahead of me. Um, uh, but I will look at him because he has given me the strength and he is my savior and my king. And so, yeah, those, uh, I guess, a couple of different ways that that has scripture has, you know, made, been made real in my life. And there's so many passages that are great. But yeah, there's one that I always look, when I look back at how my life has been, is um, Isaiah 43, verse 2. And uh, of course, there's a context and everything, but that particular verse I always land on is, um, and I wrote down, just read it for you. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Um, every day of our lives, we have to make choices and uh, all live by choices that are made for us. Uh, and one thing that is certain and constant is the promises of God and, um, and the fact and reality and the truth that we will have, even uh, another scripture says, we will, have, we will have tribulations, we will have troubles in this world. But Jesus Christ said, fear not, for I have already overcome the world. And so in this particular passage, um, there's a promise at the end that says, we will, if we are in a flood, we will not be drowned, we will not be burned, we will not be scorched. Um, we would, the, the troubles will not overflow us, they will not consume us, uh, other versions will say. And the reason why I love this passage, honestly, personally, is because um, uh, it's because I, at a very young age, um, a decision was made for me and for to many for the, uh, many of the Togolese folks. Uh, I was born in Togo, West Africa, um, raised in Ghana. Uh, a decision was made for me and for the many Togolese people to leave our home, to leave our communities, to leave our lives that were already made, and. Uh, we had to leave due to a political unrest, due to persecution, due to the greed of man, basically. Um, so that decision was made for me to be a refugee at the age of, at a tender age of seven. Uh, so I grew up a refugee my entire childhood life. Um, and I remember, I still remember the hunger. I remember the dryness. I remember the, the uncertainties. I remember the death of some of my friends. I'm looking at how young we were and some of those folks died. And I think I'm not better than those young folks. We were all suffering the same thing. Um, I remember the abuse, the levels and variations of abuse. Um, I remember the tears. <laughs> I remember, but I also remember the prayer. And I think that's how I got into the Christian life because as a young child, I remember we never really went to church, but in the camp, um, somehow we became Christians. And I remember the all night prayers that we were having. Again, based on decisions that are made for us or that we have to make, uh, at the age of 21, I was diagnosed with um, chronic um, fibroids and stage four endometriosis. Uh, fibroids are benign tumors. Um, 
and they grow in, on, or around the uterus. And so that um, causes nonstop pain. You're constantly in pain for some people. And it also impacts your ability to uh, be fertile, to get pregnant. Um, I've made that decision to live in pain for as long as I breathe and as long as I, I, I want to keep my uterus. But I also have the faith that he's a miracle working God. There is nothing impossible for him. He moves mountains. There's nothing he cannot do. He given me a promise and, a, and an assurance. And I know, and that assurance, and how, I always go back to it. I always ask, tell him, you said I will not be consumed. You said these issues will not overtake me. So this chronic pain will not overtake me. Sometimes every day I'm standing, I'm doing my daily activities. I'm standing on a stage singing and praising God. I'm always constantly in pain, but no, if you don't, if I don't tell you, you will know. It's like I always tell people, you will never understand my praise if you don't know my story, if you don't know my pain. People who know me know that no, even though I'm always laughing and moving around, always constantly in pain. But I, that laughter, that joy, not that I'm pretending it's not happening, is because of that assurance that he said, it will not consume me. It will not overtake me. The fire will not burn me, nor the flames will scorch me. So yeah, that's why I really, really love this passage. One of my favorites personally is, uh, I believe it's Mark chapter two, verse 17. Uh, it generally, I have it written down here. It goes, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And I don't know, I find that one really interesting because it's, it's true. Like, you know, he's not going to try to come down for all the people who are righteous and like follow him perfectly. He comes for the sinners. He tries to help. I, it, I feel like it kind of shows how he cares a lot more. And he's not this just crazy being above us all. He, he cares for us. There, there was this moment uh, in a few months ago-ish, uh, maybe like in summer, where I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I didn't feel like I was a good Christian. I didn't feel like God loved me. And something about that verse just kind of clicked that he's not just here for all the people who are like following him exactly how it says in the Bible, because there's not that many people like that. You know, everyone has flaws. And I don't know, it kind of like, it took me a while, obviously, to warm up to the idea that like, you know, just because I don't do everything like the checklists of good things to do uh I'm still loved and cared about and it's still an ongoing journey but I think I thought it was a really cool like reminder that he doesn't just he he cares for all he cares for everyone he cares for all of his people so I really liked that verse uh the, the verse I've chosen um as, as my life verse is Ephesians 2 10 and it goes, um, for, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And uh, the, the reason that I've chosen it as my, uh, as, as, as my life verse is just because it, it's a verse that gives so much purpose, uh, you know, in that we're, we're created uh, for a purpose. Uh, the, the previous verses uh, in Ephesians 2, 
eight and nine are, are probably more widely known, more widely quoted, you know, for, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works so that no one can boast. And, you know, for, for good reason, those are, those are amazing verses that are foundational for our understanding of, of how we're saved. But the next verse, you know, that, that goes on to explain why we're saved and, and the purpose for which we're saved. You know, it's, it's not just that, uh, it's not just that, you know, God gives us his grace and we don't, you know, and we, we just relax and we don't have to do anything. Uh, you know, God's saved us for a purpose. He's, you know, he's, um, he's got good works prepared beforehand for us to walk in. And that's so exciting and so neat. And, and it just, uh, it just gives, it gives purpose to, to our lives. As, as a dad, you know, th these are truths that, are, that, that I believe are really foundational. And I really do hope that my kids latch on to just that they, that they, that they fall in love with Jesus and just understand how much he loves them and how secure they are in that love. And, and, and then at that point, they can go out and love other people kind of working from that position of strength. I mean, that's something that I pray for my kids almost every night when I pray with them, you know, just that they would, uh, just that they would understand God's love and that that would motivate them to go out and love others. And when, when you, you know, reflect on, you know, the thing, you know, that, that, that I pray for my kids each night, um, you know, it really does link into this verse, you know, just, just having purpose, uh, in your walk with Jesus. And, and that's something that I really long for and desire for my kids. You know, kind of, kind of the thing that, that is neatest for me about this verse is just how it really provides important context for the previous two verses. You know, it's not just that God, uh, lavishes grace on us and he's just like, all right, you guys are done. That's it. Congrats. You know, everything's solved. Everything's great. You know, God, uh, God, you know, created us for a purpose. And that's so special and so exciting. And uh, yeah, imagine life without that level of purpose. A uh, Bible passage specifically that's been really impactful for me is Philippians 4 verse 13, um, which is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think that a lot of time, a lot of people like it takes get taken out of context and stuff. And it's like a lot of people go, oh, it's like a basic like Christian Bible verse, a lot of people, but um, for me, the whole reason why it's impactful for me is because of um, the story behind it with Paul, that he's really learning to be content in the fact of all the different situations that he's in at that time. And then um, he's like, at that point, he's like, he's in jail and he's just all this stuff and he's learning to really just be content with what God has in his life. Um and I think just like from experiences through my life, it just like learning to be content is one of the like hardest things, but one of the most rewarding things, being able to like trust God, even in the times where it's like you can't see him. Um, and yeah, so that's a big reason why it's really important to me. Um, especially I struggle a lot mentally. And so I was going through a time in my life where I was just, didn't understand why I was going through all these things mentally and I had just been diagnosed with anxiety and with um, the form of depression as well and I was um it was a time where I was like I felt like I couldn't see God in anything and I was just like okay I'm just here I'm just kind of stuck and I wasn't I was really unhappy um because I kept wanting God to change it and keep wanting God to um like make it go away but I what I realized is that 
God isn't always going to make things just go away because that might not be the thing that he's meant to do. But when I started praying that God would help me to be content in my situation, I learned to be able to cope with them and cope with my situation. Um, so that it was really, yeah, it was just really special to be able to just realize that asking something to go away isn't always the best way uh, for things to happen. Is Sometimes it's just having to be content with being uncomfortable can be like really important sometimes. Okay, as some of you know that uh, my husband passed away this year, so it's been a very difficult year. And uh, I've found real pleasure, real joy, real comfort in reading the Psalms. I've been going through the Psalms daily. I've been recording my thoughts, recording the thoughts that God has given me, writing down verses that um, he has blessed me with. And uh, I'm so thankful that I have the record of that because sometimes you kind of forget what you've been through. And when I read those verses, I just, I'm so grateful that he's provided those. And, you know, verses like, uh, God is my refuge and my strength. In him, I will trust he's a very present help in time of need. And I thank him for verses like that. Because when we feel out of control in our situation, it is so good that he is there for us and that he is our hope. He's our strength. He's our rock. And I praise him for that. After going for a walk one day with a, a special friend, she handed me a little card like this, just a little index card. And on it says, I will help you. Isaiah 41, 13. And of course, I was curious when I got home as to what the full verse meant. It says, for I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. And that verse has meant so much to me. Um, it's amazing how God gives you verses just when you need them. And he knew that I needed all the help I could get. Now, there's a picture in my dining room. In fact, I'm just looking at it right now. It's a picture that shows a road. And I love pictures with roads and paths. And this road it goes on a bit of an incline. And at the end of the road, it makes a turn, a bend. I can't see what's on the other side of that road. I can't see what's going to be happening. But Jesus is saying to me, I will walk with you. I will take your right hand and I will go with you. He hasn't shown me what is on the other side there? He hasn't shown me the mud puddles I might have to go through. He hasn't shown me the valleys. He hasn't shown me the mountains. But he has shown me the sunshine that's coming through those trees. He's shown me the shadows on that road that I may need to go through. But he provides the sunshine too. And I'm just so thankful for that. He hasn't promised it's going to be easy but he has promised that it's going to be good. And so I just thank him. He promises he's going to never leave me and he's going to hold my right hand as long as I give my right hand to him to hold. Ross was always a good hand holder and I always found comfort in holding his hand. He's not there now with me, but the Lord is. 
And so it's such a comfort to me to know that he is there holding me. And the verse also says, fear not. Fear can play such havoc with your life, with your mind, with your emotions. It can destroy any kind of positive thinking. At least it can mine. And it can destroy the way we live. It can destroy your walk with God. It can destroy my walk with God if I fear. And he says it over and over again, fear not. Uh, read that over and over in the Psalms, fear not, fear not. And it's there for a reason. And the reason is because I need to put my full faith and trust in him. I want to choose joy. I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to live a life that's honoring to him. I have to have faith and I have to have trust. But he is my God. He will guide me. He will shelter me. He will look after me. And I just, I just praise him for the precious promises in his word. Thank you to all of you who shared today. I'm grateful just for the reminder of this important posture we take towards Scripture. And hey, if, if God's been meeting you in his word, we would love to hear about it. There will be more opportunities to share this year. You can also check out past places where people have told us about what God's doing in and through their lives on our stories page or our social media. But again, we would encourage you to seek God in this way as we begin a new year together.